think I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm really excited about this morning, very excited. I, I guess I'm usually excited, but in particular, kind of excited to explore this with you this morning, this question, this question that I believe is probably up there, if not the most important, it's, it's got to be up there as one of the most important questions we could be asked and we could ask ourselves and we could discover and we could pursue. And that question is, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? It's a question that could, has the power to change the way we live in the world, change the way we treat people, change what we believe about the world and where the world's headed. It changes the way we, we evaluate the junk that's going on in our world. It, it, it changes all of that. It has the power to change the way we live in the world. I want to uh, kind of frame this morning around this question that Jesus asks, who do you say I am? In, in the eighth chapter of Mark is uh, where you'll find that story. And in Mark's gospel, uh, Jesus' movement and message is going fast. Mark likes to use the word immediately, then, next. He doesn't have time for anything else. He doesn't have time for fluff. Mark's gospel has no Christmas story. It just starts with, there was this guy, Jesus. Here we go. The good news, according, that's where it starts. And it just goes fast and furious. We got John the Baptist, and we got Jesus doing ministry. We got Jesus going and going and going, and it's happening quickly. Jesus is moving to the cross, and it's going fast. And so in the eighth chapter of Mark, we have this story. And in the, the eighth chapter, what we've seen Jesus do at the beginning is he feeds the 4,000. There's this story of Jesus and his disciples, and all these people have gathered because the Jesus movement, the Jesus message is picking up, picking up, picking up, picking up, it's going so fast. And all these people, they can't get away. These stories go that Jesus is like, come on, let's get away for a minute. And the crowds find him. And then the crowds are hungry. Because they're like you and me and they want to eat. And Jesus' disciples are like, we can't feed all these guys. And Jesus says, let's see what we have. And they gather up these seven loaves of bread and some fish. And they feed 4,000 people with the seven loaves of bread and the fish. A miracle happens. And then right after that, we have Jesus healing a blind man in Mark chapter 8. He heals a blind man. So we have a miracle. We have a healing and then Jesus and his disciples are walking along the road, and Jesus has this question for them. He says to them first, he says, who do the people say I am? What are you hearing about me? What's my reputation? What are people saying about me? And they answer him. They say, you know, some are saying you're John the Baptist. And at this point, John the Baptist is gone. He's been beheaded by Herod. They're saying some think you're just John the Baptist kind of back from the dead. Others are saying that you're Elijah. Now, the prophet Elijah, we are told in the Old Testament, like was taken up into heaven, so he never died. And so there's this prophecy or this idea, this tradition that he would come back before the Messiah. So maybe this guy who's able to heal people and do these miracles, he, maybe he's Elijah, come back. So there's some positive stuff about Jesus amongst the crowds. And the last thing they say is, maybe he's just one of the prophets, so it's clear that the crowds know he is special. The people know Jesus. When they look at him and they see the miracles, they see the healings, they hear his message, his wisdom, they're mesmerized by him. They're, they're so curious about him. And they say, well, he must be a prophet. Maybe he's just a wise teacher. Maybe he's Elijah. I mean, they're willing to kind of go there, that he might be Elijah. We could be on the precipice 
of something really fantastic, really exciting, really amazing happening. But that's as far as they go. And then Jesus turns and he asks that penetrating question to his disciples. So you've said what others are saying. Who do you say I am? To his closest followers, the guys, the, there's probably some women in the group too because there's women following Jesus as well. We don't hear so much about them, but, but they were there. And he turns to this group and he says, what about you? Who do you say I am? And in Mark's gospel, we hear a lot from Peter. And Peter, who's kind of spontaneous, he's the one to answer. We are told here by Mark, and he says, you are the Messiah. It's a big deal. This is a really big deal that's happening right here that's unfolding in Mark's gospel, that there's this revelation, this confession that he's not just a prophet, not just a good teacher, not just a really nice guy who happens to be able to go like, bam, you're healed, bam, miracle, but that you are the Messiah, loaded term at the time, loaded. This is that word that's like, you are the one. We have all our movies today where we love to to find the chosen one, the Harry Potter Neo in the Matrix, the one who will take the ring, Frodo will take the one, the chosen one, the one. You see it in our films, but this is this idea that you are the one, the chosen one promised by God from thousands of years before who would come and set things right, who would restore all things, would restore the broken relationship between God and people. You are that One, Peter says. And it's huge. It's huge. And that's why I would say the answer to this question, who do you say I am, or who is Jesus, it makes all the difference in the world. Because if you believe, like Peter says, you are the Messiah, you are that one we've been waiting for, it changes your whole perspective on what's happening in our world, where the world is headed, our place in this world, our responsibilities, our opportunities for the life to come. It changes everything you see. And if you just look at Jesus and you go like, he's really interesting, but probably not the Son of God. Uh, Andy read, and sorry I didn't introduce Andy. Uh, Andy's been with us, Andy Barefoot, uh, leading worship a couple times, but it's been over a year uh, that he was here. And uh, we, had, we had the spot to fill today, so he was gracious enough to join us. And Andy read, uh, yeah, thank you to Andy. He, uh, he read from Colossians 1, and have you heard this language? I mean, were you shocked? Are you shocked by the language the Bible uses about Jesus? If there's any question uh, for the biblical writers who were like, was he just a really nice guy who could do some tricks? Or was he the son of God? You read something like Colossians where he's like, firstborn of all creation. You hear John 1, the word of God who was before the beginning who was with God in the beginning. You go to Hebrews. I hope I still have my bookmark in Hebrews. I don't. I failed. Now it's that, see, how fast can the pastor find Hebrews? See, it's that little trick. Hebrews 1. Hebrews 1. Listen to how Hebrews 1 says. He, he says, the, uh, Long ago God spoke many times in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets, and now in these final days He's spoken through His Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance And through the Son, He created the universe. He's just a nice guy. He kind of came to earth and like healed some people. He was pretty wise. He created the universe. A little bit of a disparity. 
little difference in those comments, right? Nice guy, great philosopher, created the universe. Hebrews continues, The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. Whoa. Expresses the very character of God. You have Jesus himself. He makes these claims about himself when he's talking to his disciples and talking in, uh, I believe it's in the book of John, about where he's going. And they're like, how can we, how can we go there? And he's like, you'll, you'll go there because I am the way and you know me. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Because So if you know me, you get to go to the Father if you know me. And then they, they ask these things like, but we've never seen the Father. And he's like, yes, you have, because you've seen me. And they're like, what? What are these claims that Jesus makes about who he is? What do we do with that? Who is Jesus. What I want to do this morning, which is going to kind of shift gears at this point, so I kind of set it up here, how big I think it is, uh, how we answer this question. we got to get it right, and, and it can change our whole lives and change our perspective on the world. What I want to do is, is take a different route this morning. Rather than just give you more and more scripture and more and more answers as to who I think Jesus is, or who you, you need to think he's this, you got to get it right this morning. What I want to do is help us, help you, Probe down into how do you, how have you formulated your understanding of who Jesus is? We're going to use some images, some videos. We're going to kind of get into it. And I want to help you this morning, help us this morning, really probe down deep into who is Jesus to you. Help you kind of maybe sift through some stuff or maybe the, the initial things that you would say and get into who is Jesus. Who, if you are just asked quickly, and I want to start there. So actually what I want to encourage you to do if you, uh, if you have the bulletin this morning, on the backside are notes, or if you just have a sheet of paper, I think it'd be helpful if you just jot down some things this morning. Jot down some things. It's going to be a little bit interactive, if that's okay. A little bit interactive this morning. And so I'm going to go through a bunch of things and just want to have you uh, get a chance to jot some things down. And next week, we're actually going to uh, follow up with some of this and have a more experiential experience next, experiential experience, have a more experiential opportunity next week where we'll also follow through on this same topic in some ways. So quickly, fill in the blank, Jesus is, fill it in. You can write it down, you can say it to a neighbor, whatever you want to do as we begin to unpack for you who is Jesus? Take a couple seconds, fill that in, fill it out, write it down, say it to a neighbor. Jesus is, how would you describe it? What's your gut reaction? All right, now we're going to do some exploring. And I'm just going to tell you, some of this is going to be... Uh, what is that about? And some of it might make you chuckle and some of it might make you mad because there's different portrayals of Jesus I'm going to show you and that's just my disclaimer right up front. Uh, I don't agree with all the images. I don't think they're all that great, but I think that it says something. Our reactions to various things will say something about who we think Jesus is. So I'm going to go through some pictures. I have some images that are some pop art, some modern art, some just goofy things, some ancient art. And I want you to think about what is your gut reaction to these images? Because I think it will say something. I've done this before, uh, mostly with youth. And what was very fascinating is that people have very strong reactions to images. 
And I think that we have these strong reactions to images of Jesus because there's some idea of who Jesus is that's, that's in us. And we see something and we immediately go like, oh, that's Jesus. Yep, that's my guy. Or how dare they portray my Jesus that way? And so just uh, pay attention to those feelings. I know the guys in the room like love to talk about our feelings. But pay attention to just what is your gut reaction? What do you think of when you see these various images? So we'll just start with this guy. I'll kind of explain a little bit some of these, some background. It's maybe a classic image. Of course, Jesus has a kind of blondish hair and blue eyes. That's the real Jesus, of course, you know. But now what's interesting is uh, some of the things you're going to see is now just prepare yourself for the next image being so similar and yet, why not, right? It's interesting. It's interesting. Okay, let's continue on. I love the hipster Jesus because why not, you know? Moving right along, here's an interesting one. Maybe a more modern African representation of Jesus. Again, just paying attention to, is that Jesus? Is it not Jesus? Why do I feel that way about the images? Now, here's what's interesting. One on the left is uh, what, when, I, when I was searching for images of Jesus, what some have called the Rastafarian Jesus. This is like kind of the Caribbean feel Jesus. And then the one on the right, here, this is really fascinating. This I have found people call the forensic Jesus, where people have tried to put together what would a Middle Eastern man in the first century Palestine, what would he have looked like? And this is what they've come up with. It's kind of interesting when you think about it that way, the forensic Jesus, what could he have looked like? And again, paying attention to like, that's hogwash, no way he looked like that. I've done the research. Or, yeah, why not? Okay, whoa. Here's a couple of interesting ones. I found a, a lot of Native American um, spirituality on the right-hand side there. You have a, a very Native American-looking uh, Jesus. And the one on the left, some, some of you uh, who are history buffs or who are just rebels and revolutionaries uh, at, at your heart, you, you may recognize what this is. This is an iconic, this is a, a play on an iconic picture of, of the rebel, the Cuban, well, he wasn't Cuban, he was Argentinian, uh, the rebel uh, Che Guevara. This is like an iconic picture where usually he's wearing the star, the kind of communist hat, and he's looking off in the distance. And this is one like for the Cuban pride and the revolutionary pride, and they've taken it and then put the face of Jesus in place of Che Guevara. Now what's interesting, again, your gut reaction might be like, that is wrong, that is terrible. We were talking to some brothers and sisters when I've traveled to Ecuador, to South America, and they've really identified with Jesus the liberator. Jesus, the one who sets us free from this oppressive system, oppressive government. Jesus, the liberator. And for some of them, Jesus, the liberator, Jesus, the rebel, Jesus, the revolutionary, really speaks to them. And maybe for some of us, we go, oh, no, 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 no. No, you don't, you, no, that's not good. Moving right along, of course, the movie star Jesus on the right. Uh, I couldn't find a picture Well, I didn't search hard enough. Uh, actually, the former place I lived in Washington, the Passion of the Christ Jesus, Jim Caviezel, grew up in Mount Vernon. So I should have I picked him because he's obviously the real Jesus. We have all the movie star Jesus who, for some reason, are always pretty white, which is an interesting thing. And then just a representation on the left through art. 
Moving right along, on the right-hand side, I've shown you this one before. This is one of the earliest icons of Jesus. Uh, if you see one side of him is kind of disfigured and the other side is very perfect, the, uh, the artist was trying to show Jesus' divinity and humanity. And then on the left, this one is very fascinating to me. This is an artist's rendition of Jesus, the creator of the world. So Scripture talks about Jesus, the creator. Jesus being in the beginning, creating the world with God. How often do we think of him that way? Okay. This is, a, I've used this one too, I know. This is a, the buddy Christ from the movie Dogma. Not trying to encourage you to see that movie. But in that movie, uh, the Catholic Church thinks that they have a bad uh, PR going on. People are thinking Jesus and God are a little bit too judgmental. So we're going to class Jesus up, making him a little bit more happy. The buddy Christ. You know, again, maybe you resonate with this. Remember in youth ministry, kids were like, yeah, that's my Jesus. I don't know. Maybe you're like, uh-uh, nope, no, not happening. Just a few more. Uh, it's interesting how Jesus is represented in different cultures. Jesus on a lotus flower and an Asian Jesus. And this one on the left is kind of interesting. It's, also, it's called Jesus, the light of the world. But what I think is uh, more fascinating for me when I zoomed in on it is he's wearing, he's, he's like Jesus the king. It's not a crown of thorns. He's a king. Now, of course, he looks like a medieval Swedish king, but he's a king, you know. Maybe that's why I like it. No. And a few more. Uh, the one on the right actually is, a, is a, somebody filling in the Shroud of Turin. So, you know, the, the famous Shroud of Turin, was this the actual garment that Jesus was wrapped in? Is that just mythology and folklore, and what is that about? Somebody took that image that's on the Shroud of Turin and tried to fill it in uh, artistically. And the one on the left is called the Laughing Liberator. You picture Jesus as laughing, or is he just serious? He's got no time for laughing, because he's got to get stuff done while he's on earth. What do you think? What do you think? And I had to finish with this one, because this is the evangelical covenant Jesus. This was painted by a, a, a man named Warner Salmon, and this was you know, on every covenant church's wall uh, from the like, 1950s, I think. Warner Salmon happened to be an, uh, a member of a covenant church, and so he painted this kind of famous Jesus picture, I believe, in the 1950s, and it just showed up everywhere. And so, of course, every covenant church had to have the kind of flowing hair Jesus. You know, he looks very European. That's my Jesus. That was the Jesus of my childhood. In fact, my mom, and I know she listens to these sermons, so sorry, mom. Uh, my mom used to carry, <laughs> oh, should I even say that? I have to say it now. My mom used to carry, a, I believe, this exact picture, but it was the one where he's knocking on the door. You know the one I'm talking about. Same exact picture of Jesus, but he's knocking on the door. She used to carry that in her little, like, wallet, her little, her little clutch thing, and she would seriously say, do you want to see a picture of my best friend? And then she would show people this picture. Love you, Mom. Sorry I had to throw you under the bus. But this was, this was like evangelical covenant Jesus. There he is. That's our Jesus. My best friend. My homeboy. I didn't show you that one. There is a Jesus is my homeboy shirt. So. And finally, there's just this one that's like, it's just blank. It's just fill in the gap. Who, who is he to you? Who is he? I'm going to roll through these quickly again, and what I really want you to pay attention to again, how did you feel? Like, this, is, this isn't about me giving you answers, this isn't about me, just how did you feel? Were you shocked that there was one that you were like, oh, I do resonate with that, and I'm surprised? Was there one that just you're like, I don't want to ever see that again? I'm sorry if that's the way you feel, because I am going to show them all to you again. But if that's how you felt, like, I just, I just could care, I don't want to ever see that. That's not Jesus. It's offensive. 
just pay attention to that. Maybe jot some notes down. We'll just go through them kind of quickly again. All right. Whoa. Now they went super fast. Moving right along. I should point it back here. We'll just hang out on that one for a while. No. That one's uh, the Buddy Christ classic. If you've ever been in my office, you'll notice I have, and I'm sorry if this offends you, what I call my Jesus junk. Uh, I have collected Jesus bobbleheads, Jesus dolls, all kinds of things like that over the years. So, All of this, though, all of this is to answer the question, who do you say I am? Which, again, I believe is the biggest question we could ask ourselves, the biggest question we could answer. Who is Jesus to you? Did you find as you saw those images that there was something in you that's going like, oh, I've never thought of Jesus that way. I've never thought of him that way, and, and maybe I need to connect with Jesus that way. Did you find that one of them was like, ah, why, is, why am I finding that so offensive? Why am I finding that I just would struggle to see Jesus that way? Maybe it's seeing Jesus in other cultures. I, I, I've experienced that a lot when I was doing youth ministry where kids uh, from a diff- certain races or backgrounds could not see Jesus as the opposite or another race or background. Because we come to a familiarity and we just start to imagine that Jesus must be a lot like me. He must have been a lot like me because I'm a pretty swell guy. So he must have been a lot like me, and we, we can't help but do that, but start to formulate Jesus, imagine Jesus kind of in our own setting, our own culture, our own way of living. What do we do with that? What do we do about that? Again, not trying to give you a ton of answers this morning, but just, just think about that. What is that saying? Now, the next thing I want to show you is a video, and I'm going to tell you it's funny. I think it's funny, so you better laugh. No, uh, I think it's funny. But I think it also has the potential for some of you to be like, I did not find that funny because Jesus is not a laughing matter and this is serious business. So it's funny, but it was made by a church and it's meant to provoke some thought about things we believe about Jesus. So I got to tell you, the first time I watched it, it was one of those moments where I watched it and I was like, this is really funny. (laughs) Oh, it's kind of true. I have acted this way about Jesus and about church and about faith. So check it out. And I was, again, just feeling like, do I resonate with this? What am I getting out of this? About a minute and a half video. You're going to brace yourself for this one. Get ready. Hello. Welcome to the first Christian church meeting. Here are the rules. Rule number one, spend all of your free time in church. Rule number two, you're not allowed to have any fun unless you're laughing at how dumb the devil is. Rule number three, wear t-shirts with my face on it. Rule number four, always smile and act happy. And finally, wear a stylish beard like mine. I knew it! Jesus! Ah! No one told me about this meeting! And nice try, sissy. You said I could be a Christian if I gave up all my fun and grew this beard. Look at my beard! Well, I heard that you missed the prayer meeting for a silly game. But I had tickets to the Super Bowl, Jesus! That was incredible! The Israelites drove down, kicked the field goal, and the refs said it's good! Be quiet. No, well... Football! No. I love football! Yeah, I can't believe my dad showed up. How embarrassing. Oh crap, my fake beard fell off. They're totally gonna kick me out. Er, wait, is what's he saying? We're all going to play football or something? Yeah, football, yeah. 
Alright, stop, stop crying. Rise. You can be a Christian if you promise to burn all of your footballs and never miss church again. Promise? Yeah, oh boy. Okay, there you go, there you go. So, I heard some chuckles. I was waiting for more laughing, so which tells me maybe our crowd is a little bit more like, uh-uh, not going there. A little bit hard to understand. Sorry, yeah. So that's one that you're going to definitely want to go look up on YouTube and watch several more times. So what I, you know, it's funny, but then I remember that like growing up sometimes in church, I thought church, it seemed to me like following Jesus was a lot about following rules. I mean, you know, you missed church. Come on, what were you out there doing? Oh, you, you were playing sports. Oh, you were gone. You heathens, these godless heathens were skipping church. And so it's just interesting, like it, it's funny and it's kind of just, oh yeah, it's funny. But I think a lot of us maybe have at some point in our life identified with this Jesus who's the like, hey, you need to wear the right clothes, you need to have the right haircut, you need to not have a hat, do have a hat. I mean, how fascinating is that? In some, I've been in some churches where it's like, you need to have your head covered. And there's some that's like, you wear a hat in church, you're going straight to hell. Because there's no way the Holy Spirit can speak through a hat. Or then it's like, or if you're not wearing a hat, there's no way though. I mean, it's just crazy. It's crazy the things we come up with and the things where like, maybe you need a beard, maybe you don't need a beard. Oh man, they're going to kick me out because I don't have a beard. This is weird things that we've set up Jesus to be in our minds in this, this video. And there's, there's three others, by the way. Uh, this video in particular, it really calls out to me of, of who is Jesus to me? How have I created him to be? Maybe that's the question. Who have we made him to be? Is our view of Jesus based on scripture and, and how Jesus is revealed to us in God's word? Or have we picked up a lot of baggage along the way and it's really hard to sift through who is Jesus? It's fascinating. I uh, think about who we've made Jesus to be. I think I've mentioned this before that there was this whole thing called the quest for the historical Jesus. And they were really trying to dig down. We want to dig down, get through all of the junk, all of the mess, and find out who was the historic Jesus of Nazareth. And they did all of this, and they talked about like it was like looking down into a well and deep, deeper probing into the well, probing into the well. And somebody eventually said that what's so fascinating about all the research and all the, the things that came out of this quest for the historic Jesus is they said it was like looking deep and deep into this well, and what people kept seeing was their own reflection. Because we can't help but start to paint Jesus like me, like us. It's interesting, like what, who is Jesus at the core? Who is Jesus, the Son of God? Is he, is he who he said he was, and, or what have I made him to be? And have I done that using scripture? Have I done that listening to wise counsel of others, or have I just made him into who I need him to be? It's an interesting thing. I want to uh, contrast that kind of like hokey, jokey image of Jesus uh, with a testimony from uh, adventurist and survivalist Bear Grylls. You know this guy? 
You know who Bear Grylls is? He's the guy, uh, I can't remember what channel was on, like Discovery Channel or something, where he does these crazy things. He was like kind of the first one to do these crazy shows where it's like drop you off in the middle of nowhere and see if you can survive. You know, he's eating bugs for fun. And he's like, oh, this is great. I just watched one recently. Somebody shared this. They, they had the audacity to put this on Facebook where he's like going into a beehive to get the honey out to show you how you can just eat the honey. And he gets stung like four times right here. And by the end of it, his face is like seven. He, he actually says like, I look like the elephant man in his British accent. So this is the kind of stuff this guy does for fun. But he's also a person of faith. Listen to how he describes his faith. Bear has had many more adventures since Everest. And his relationship with God has carried him through them all. You know, the journey has been that faith has been the wildest ride. And, you know, Jesus, the heart of the Christian faith, was the wildest, most, you know, radical guy you'd ever come across. You know, he was always hanging out with the prostitutes and the tax collectors and having parties and banquets. And I found myself drawn to that character, just not the kind of fluff that we like to box as, like, religion. I always get asked by kind of people difficult religious questions or whatever, and I just go, do you know what, sometimes I don't know, I don't know, but I know I'm loved, you know. and, and that's the heart of Christianity, and that can be a lifetime journey to wade through all of the kind of, you know, stuff to get to that. Okay. So I love that he says that faith has been the wildest ride. The guy who's climbed Everest, the guy who gets dropped in the middle of nowhere, the guy who does these crazy things, he recognizes that a journey of faith, a journey of following Jesus is a wild ride. Faith is an adventure. Jesus is the one hanging out with prostitutes, hanging out uh, with tax collectors, with all the wrong people, having parties and banquets, and, and people saying, why are you hanging out with them? The religious people, right? They were constantly saying, why are you doing this? Jesus, the adventurer. Jesus pushing the boundaries. Do you identify with that Jesus at all? It's so fascinating to me. I think about it as a kid. Again, I grew up more in a church that taught Jesus like the funny Jesus film. Hey, here's the things you need to do to be on the right path. Now, I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying there's some, there's some good stuff to that as a kid, some good faith formation about morality and, and ethics in the way of Jesus and in the Bible. But sometimes it gets so on that side that we forget to challenge young people and challenge ourselves with Jesus, the adventurer. And we might say, well, that's for some people. That's for people that want to be missionaries. That's for people that want to go do these crazy things for Jesus. The rest of us, though, that's not the call for us. I was just reading uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Cost of Discipleship, rereading the first couple chapters, and he talks about this problem, that the church basically looked at the monastic movement, those who went to be monks, and said like, oh, that's the pinnacle of serving Jesus, but it's not for everybody. See, they go do that so we can just like live our regular life and act like nothing has to change. But then we, oh, they're doing that. It's so great somebody's doing that. It's so great somebody's pursuing Jesus to that level. It's so great somebody would give up all and go do that for Jesus, but it's not for everyone. Jesus, the adventurer, Jesus on the margins. The question is, keep coming back to it, who do you say I am? Who do you say Jesus is? Is there room in your picture of Jesus for Jesus the adventurer, Jesus that challenged the status quo, Jesus that ticked off religious leaders, made them uncomfortable with where he was going with things? Who do you say I am? I also love in this video that Bear Grylls said, you know, like there's all these questions and all these things and all this stuff we could sift through, but the, but the heart of it, I know I'm loved. I know I'm loved. 
is, is that at the heart of what we believe, that there's a God who made you, who loves you? Or have we added all these other things on? Like, I often get in the way of people knowing they are loved. Just one more thing, uh, or a couple more things I want to show you, and now I want to flip to, like, a more cynical response. Because the attitude of the crowds in our story who said, I don't know, he's just a prophet, maybe he's Elijah, that attitude still exists today. There's a, a man who makes documentaries who went over um, and asked people kind of word on the street interviews. He went to, to uh, Jerusalem and he went to Palestine and he asked people there. So he asked Jews and Muslims, who is Jesus to you? So check out these responses. It's about a four minute video. Who is Jesus to you? Mise Yeshu Bishulcha. Who is Jesus to you? Oh, it's a hard question. A cousin? No. I don't know. Okay. I guess, uh, for me it's nothing. Okay. It's, I guess it's someone for... People who concern themselves Christian, but for me it's nothing. Okay. Who is Jesus for you? Okay. 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 Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus for you? I think that Jesus is like uh, the postmodern of the Judaism, really. Like. ומבחינתו כאילו זה מה שצריך להיות. אם אתה שואל לדעתי, אז הוא סחב אחריו כאילו זרימה מאוד חזקה שהיום עם הרבה. ואני חושב שהוא לא השאיר להם הרבה כלים, שזה כל התורה וכל הזה. Jesus to you. Jesus is one of the prophets who was sent by God. To provoke or to to spread Christianity. Okay. Jesus Christ is a prophet of the three main celestial religions, and you believe in him completely and fully. Muslim? Muslim? Yeah. Okay. The question is, what is the relationship between the Messiah or Isa? What is the relationship between the Messiah? Muslim. He is a prophet. Okay. He is a prophet. 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 He is a prophet.
he, he delivered the message to us. Like any other prophet. Like for the Christians, their, their prophet is is, uh, is Jesus, and our prophet is Muhammad. Okay. There you go. So it's maybe a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. He's a prophet. Nice guy. Nice enough. Or he means nothing to me. Or he was a, just a Jew who was a heretic. I, that was an interesting one. I saw that in a few of, of these. Uh, I was not familiar with that, but I guess there's a, a Babylonian Talmud that talks about, in the, in the Jewish faith, that talks about Jesus. Uh, yeah, he was, he was a, a great man, a great teacher, a great rabbi, but he was a heretic. He was a liar. It, it, this video reminded me, it reminded me a couple things as we wrap up this morning. It reminded me of how each of our stories and our backgrounds, where we grew up, our traditions, shape who we think Jesus is. And that's just a reality and something that sometimes we have to, to sift through and be honest about how our upbringing helped us to come to these conclusions. And sometimes that's helpful. Sometimes our upbringing is very helpful in that. And other times, other times we're, we're given some things that are harder. That, that, or it's made it harder. It's made it harder to sift through. And so for these people who are growing up in a place where they're told, well, this is who Jesus is, this is who Jesus is, how, how, do, how do you help them? How do we help people that we're connected to who don't know Jesus find out at the core who Jesus is, the, the creator Jesus? Whoa, how do you help somebody find that out? Uh, I got one more, one more uh, video to show you, and it's uh, from our good friend Bono. I don't know that he's our good friend. Uh, lead singer of U2. This is, uh, it, it reminded me of this when I was thinking of, I saw this video years ago, and uh, this reminded me of, of C.S. Lewis, who used to talk about Jesus is either Lord, liar, or lunatic. Sometimes people attribute that to uh, somebody else, but I think it's kind of famously now been attributed to C.S. Lewis. Where he'd say, Jesus is either Lord, he either is who he said he was, he is a liar who's just making things up, or he was crazy. He was crazy. And that's either, based on what he said, that's where he falls. So check out this video from Bono. What or who was Jesus as far as you're concerned? I think it's, the, it's a defining question for a Christian is who was Christ. And, and I don't think you're let off easily by saying a great thinker or a great philosopher or, a, you know, because actually he went around saying he was the Messiah. That's why he was crucified. He was crucified because he said he was the Son of God. So he either, in my view, was the Son of God or he was not. No, no, nuts. Nuts. Yes. Forget yes. rock and roll messianic complexes. This is like, I mean, Charlie Manson type delirium. And I find it hard to accept that all the millions and millions of lives, half the earth for 2,000 years, have been touched, have felt their lives touched and inspired by some nutter. I just, I don't believe it. I, so I think, therefore it follows that you believe he was divine. Yes. And therefore it follows that you believe that he rose physically from the dead. Yes, yeah, I mean, uh, no problem with miracles. I'm living around them. I am one. So we wrap up this morning. Who is Jesus? This morning, I hope that you had a chance in, in reflecting on images and on these videos to really probe the depths of 
who Jesus is for you. And my, my ultimate hope is that this wouldn't just be a, oh, that was interesting, but eh, I've got it figured out, but that it would spur all of us on towards pursuing Christ in, in the Word and having conversations and really thinking about who have I made Jesus to be? Who is Jesus at the core? What does it mean if I have given my life to Jesus that, that believing in him does change the way I see the world, does change the way I interact with others? Uh, I thought it was fascinating that Bono went to this place because sometimes there's this kind of thing like, oh yeah, Jesus is great, I do think he was this, but the whole like resurrection thing, not so sure. Do I really have to believe that? They did. There are miracles all around us that God is at work in this world. And if Jesus is who he said he was, what is possible then for those of us who believe in him? What is possible? He said, those who believe in me will do greater things than these. Do we believe that or is that like, ah, that's, that was kind of for another time? Who is Jesus? Who do you say he is? Would you pray with me? Lord, we've reflected this morning, and my prayer for all of us, God, is that you have spoken to us, that you have spoken to us, Lord, maybe through these images, through these videos, through these testimonies, Lord, maybe you even spoke to us, maybe we're at a place where we're a little bit cynical this morning about who you really are and, and what it means to have you in our lives, and does it really make a difference? Maybe there is that air of cynicism amongst some of us. God, find us where we're at. Pull us closer to you. Reveal yourself to us through your word, through the words of our friends. Lord, through, through film, through books, reveal yourself to us, God. Lord, be with us as we continue to worship. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand for our closing song?